a playlist original. It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBB. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm back with a very special guest. Holden Smith from TikTok is here. Holden, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad that you're here talking with me. It's so nice to have new folks on the podcast, so thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about what you cover on TikTok and maybe why you started, you know, a pop culture TikTok page? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I started posting TikTok in 2020 during lockdown. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people did. Yeah, like <laughs> you and everyone else. Yeah. But I, it's great that you're still doing it. <laughs> it was one of those things where obviously I was bored, but it started more of just like making videos that weren't like directly referencing like stuff that was happening in pop culture like at that moment it was more of like past stuff I mean I've always loved like reality tv and music and following celebrities and stuff and then I guess just like over the years it's kind of just morphed into just covering what's happening because I'm keeping up with it anyway on my own so once I found out that people really were interested in like knowing what was happening with like all of these people like in that moment, I was like, oh, like I can make videos about this and like have it turn into, I guess, like a small community of people who are genuinely interested in hearing about these these things. And it's just something I've always been interested in. So I'm glad that I can kind of share that with everyone who wants to watch. Yeah. So is that what really initially drew you to it? Is that you, you know, you're already watching these things, but you want people to talk about it with yeah kind of I, I mean I was once I found like some of the videos about pop culture were doing well I remember in 2020 like some of my first pop culture videos that went really viral were about like Gabby Hanna and like Trisha Paytas and like that kind of era and then it like looking at the comments and like seeing people like actually have discussions about these things I was like oh like people are genuinely interested in stuff like this so that's when I realized I'm going to consume this content anyway, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram or watching a show and reacting to it and people are reacting to it online. So I might as well like post my thoughts there and just kind of open it to other people and hear what they have to say. Nice. That's very cool. What like it draws you to pop culture? You say you obviously like celebrities, music, TV. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about what is it that you're so interested about these things? I don't know. I kind of think of it maybe as like an escape from like reality, not in like a sad yeah. way, <laughs> like in something that I'm like, oh, like I can kind of indulge in like watching a reality TV show. And it like, it's so not anything that I experience in my day to day that I'm like, it's just like a separate world. And like, same thing with kind of like celebrities and like knowing what's going on. And like, I guess like the drama and the gossip, I'm like, this is just so far removed from my own life that it's just like, it feels like a movie that I'm just keeping up with in real time. And that's kind of, I guess, what's always drawn me to it. Like, and I've also like always loved music and felt connected to certain artists. So following them has always been something that I've done. And then as I've gotten older, it just kind of expanded into television, 
musicians, actors, and just kind of the general zeitgeist of pop culture and I guess culture in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting to me, the type of people that can watch a TV show and like, then just like turn it off where it's like, if I watch a TV show, then I have to look at everyone's Wikipedia pages (laughs) and like go down the rabbit hole of like, you know, their whole lives. And it's so, it's so weird to me that you could like listen to a song or whatever and like not care like where the person's from, like what they (laughs) believe in, like who they've dated and just like, yeah, all of that stuff. So I don't know. It seems like a much simpler life if we were like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so today we are going to talk about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. They, uh, I wouldn't say hard launch their relationship because obviously she's been at the football games, but like we finally got um, some like PDA out in New York City. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Emma Chamberlain and Role Models breakup and then some Britney Spears updates. Um, and then Holden's going to nominate a Pettyweight Champion of the Week and share his This Week in Petty. So Taylor Swift... Travis Kelsey uh, were seen in New York this past uh, week. And, like, I was actually at the Eras tour with my phone off when all these pictures were leaked. So when I went home and then, like, immediately turned my phone back on, I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, the best news that I possibly could have had. (laughs) What did you think? Well, I just think, like, the way that they're feeding us content it's, I mean, Taylor's the type of person that, like, she is only kind of putting out into the world what she wants out there, because we've seen in her past relationship with Joe that, she, like, she didn't want to be seen, so she wasn't. And so, yeah. when I look at all of this stuff, I'm like, she wants the world to know what's happening right now between her and Travis, and I think that's just so iconic. Like, she can control the narrative of the media because she's so powerful, <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. I still am so on the fence of, like, why there was there's such a juxtaposition of, like, her relationship with Joe, which we have, like, a total of six pictures, and then this new relationship with Travis Kelsey. And I know everyone's saying, like, oh, it's because it's for, like, the PR move. But, like, to me, it, it does seem like that they're dating. So I just – it's such a interesting difference between their relationships. I – I was actually like looking this up earlier because I know that before Joe, she didn't really like have a problem with sharing her relationships. Like when she was with Calvin Harris, they were posting Instagram pictures together. Um, I mean, Harry Styles, like, like all of those other people in her past, like she was posting with or like not afraid, at least not afraid to be seen with them out in public. And I think she did an interview around the reputation era where she was kind of asked because of her past, is that why she's choosing to keep this relationship private or is she like still open to publicly dating? And she said that she doesn't mind, but it's just whether or not her partner would want that. I think that is probably it. And during that time, like Joe just wasn't wanting to be seen with her. And he wanted to keep the relationship private. And I think they just had two separate ideas of like what that was going to be as they progressed. Yeah. I like, it's interesting about Joe because I guess I always just think, but he's the one in her like prior boyfriends that I'm like, Mm. he could have used the 
like <laughs> the publicity spike like at the time Kelvin Harris was like huge and yeah. stuff like that and same with Harry and uh Tom Hiddleston and stuff like that so I'm like that's so interesting like I got obviously he benefited from it in other ways but it just interesting still for him that he I feel like he's the one that you know could have used these public pictures the most yeah and I don't know I kind of have this take about the like Joe era of it all because of you know they started kind of really dating when she was at this point in her life where no one like wanted to support her yeah and so it felt kind of like when that flipped it became like they were just so different because they just have these different ideas like she never wants to really shy away from the public and when she wants her moment like she'll take it and I think their relationship benefited a lot from COVID because right. she wasn't able to be in the public eye and she had it, like her public perception had already shifted back I would say after reputation tour but like she couldn't really capitalize on any of that because then COVID happened and they were in lockdown and she couldn't really tour or do any music for years. And then when she became on top of the world, she obviously wanted to seize it. And I think that is probably what ended their relationship because she was like, listen, I'm going to do this and I'm about to be the most famous person on like in the world. And yeah. I don't think he was okay with the fact that that meant that their private life would change because it would all become yeah, public. Interesting. Interesting. Do you think that's because she like seeks all of this like power and accolades and like craves all of this attention? I don't know. And part of me thinks like she's been through so much that I, I really do think consciously she has had to at least try and rewire her brain because in her documentary, she kind of talks about like standing on the stage and try like waiting for that applause to come in and accepting it. And she kind of explains that she didn't want to put like her self-worth in that applause anymore. And so I think consciously she probably did try to change the way that that affected her. But at the same time, when you have a stadium of 80,000 people cheering for you, I, anyone would yeah, feel the same way that she course. would feel. So totally. I think part of it is her wanting not validation from the public, but I think just wanting to really enjoy it because of what she's been through in the past. And now yeah. she's finally on top of the world and she has gotten everything she's ever deserved because she's always yeah. worked so hard. And now she's finally reaping those benefits from like 10, 15, 20 years in the industry. Totally, totally. Yeah, and I don't see that per se as like a bad thing. I don't think anyone would criticize or maybe even try to analyze if mm. a man was trying to do the same thing. So like, 100%. I don't see it in like, necessarily a bad thing. But like, just you're right that she was like at a certain level. But in the last year or so, um, she's just, you know, like, I feel like broken down so many expectations and really gone above that mm. from like a generational talent to like, I don't know what, whatever's bigger than that. So it's just really interesting how that has kind of like evolved in the past year. And maybe we need some distance from it to really be able to like mm -hmm. fully 
analyze like what what has happened yeah but i think her with travis now he's kind of just letting her do her and he's wanting to support her and and just be with her when he can and that's why i kind of really like this relationship i think it's fun i think it's fresh and it's giving like the audience content that we didn't have from taylor in relationship in years yeah no i couldn't agree more so we saw them at the snl after party and going out for dinner at nobu so snl premiered like their new season on saturday obviously it was hosted by pete davidson and the musical guest was ice spice obviously ice spice and taylor have a Mm -hmm. relationship through like ice spice like being featured on the karma remix and they sat next to each other at the vmas and so i thought that was really nice that she was supporting her friend um because this is like a a big deal obviously and then travis kelsey was featured in one of the snl skits or sketches i always call them skits and then i feel people (laughs) that are like in sketch comedy they're like it's actually yeah yeah like, okay, like, I get it, but, like, also, like, okay. Like, so, um, yeah, he was in one that I thought was really funny. It was making fun of how, you know, re- a lot of recent football games, especially with the Eagles and the Chiefs, have been really, like, where is Taylor? Mm-hmm. Like, showing Taylor. Everyone's just interested in Taylor. So I thought that was really, really cute. And then um, we saw them out on Sunday, too. She was wearing, like, a green mesh t-shirt um there's there's been a lot of controversial or like hot takes about her outfit but yeah <laughs> regardless i think they look really cute and i've been loving these like interactions and like her wearing high heels and he's so tall he's and, so and tall, i think it's yeah. just very cute yeah prior to this weekend she was seen at another um football game and she was sitting next to donna kelsey which is travis's mom Brittany Mahomes, which is Austin Mahomes, um, another one of Travis's uh, teammates' wives. And then, like, I feel like this is getting so creepy. He obviously lives in Kansas City or has a home in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And, like, TMZ and shit were reporting, like, oh, her car's there. And, like, I saw pictures of him in the green tracksuit leaving her Her apartment apartment. yeah yeah and everyone's like oh my god they're like having a sleepover and i'm like yeah they're like a couple (laughs) like (laughs) i don't know what to say (laughs) that's what i don't get like (laughs) when people are like wow like he's staying over there what else would you expect them to be doing as two grown adults that are in a relationship yeah it's getting like creepy i feel like that aspect like analyzing like what time like I saw this I don't know if it was a TikTok or a tweet or something but it was like Travis Kelsey leaving Taylor's apartment at 11 a.m and then people in the comments are like he has no bags so like he's definitely not leaving he's definitely like gonna be returning (laughs) later I'm like this is like too much for me I can't do this (laughs) uh do you have anything else you want to say about Travis and Taylor I don't know I just really like this relationship however I don't know what's going to happen next year because she goes on tour literally for the entirety of 2024. Yeah. And so yeah. right now it's easy for her to, I mean, she has multiple places in New York. He's kind of like 
back and forth all over the place now because of football. But since she's not as busy, she can kind of go where she wants. But once she has to be not in a different state, but in different countries for the entirety of next year, I want to like see how that kind of plays out for them. And if they decide to stay together or not. I know that's the one thing that I'm worried about that could easily happen is just like they have no time to see each other because he obviously has to stay in the States for a lot of it. But she's also no stranger to, you know, hopping on her private jet, (laughs) flying anywhere she (laughs) wants to. Yeah. So who knows? We'll, we'll see when she uh, starts up the second leg of the tour, I guess this November. Mm -hmm. So soon, like all of this kind of is going to start to change pretty soon. Yeah, in like the next like two and a half weeks or whatever. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, fingers crossed that I don't know. I'm kind of like rooting for them. So oh, me yeah, too, fingers me too. crossed. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Emma Chamberlain and role model. Like good good couple news to bad couple news. Uh, I, I am such an Emma Stan. And I was so stoked on her relationship with role model. So I was very sad to see that these two split up. They had been dating for about three years. They were pretty private, but they publicly did like an interview with GQ and with like a cover shoot and all of that stuff Mm -hmm. in 2022. So they were becoming a little more public. Uh, doing red carpets together and stuff like that. But then she started like alluding to um, being single and stuff like that on her podcast. And then she, or like Dumois posted, and again, take yep. this with a grain of salt, that she was like at Paris Fashion Week saying that she was single to someone and they overheard it. So She's not confirmed. Neither of them, Tucker or Emma, have confirmed that they're not dating, but kind of seems that way. Yeah. So I, I'm so glad you picked this story, first of all, because I have loved Emma Chamberlain for so many years. Me and too. <laughs> I am obsessed with her. Like, <laughs> I have watched her grow on YouTube and I've just watched her become like, a mainstream celebrity in a way that really no one else has from YouTube besides people who are singers who used to be on YouTube like Troye Sivan but she's kind of carved this lane for herself that has put her into this place where she can kind of do whatever she wants and she's getting invited to all these prestigious events and she's mingling with the biggest celebrities ever And that's why I loved when she and Role Model started dating to begin with, because I think it probably really helped them to stay private. And that's personally why I thought they were going to last a really long time. I thought this couple was going to be Endgame because (laughs) they did such a good job of like keeping it under wraps. And they kind of only were seen together when they were doing a red carpet, but that was like a year, a year and a half into their relationship or like a magazine shoot where they only did two of them. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I really liked them together too because so it was her first like public relationship. I know she dated that. I can't remember his name. I think Aaron maybe who was like a university like I forgot about that. 
Yeah, which, like, he seemed to, like, fully use her for clout. He, like, started a YouTube channel with her style of editing, like, kind of, like, while they were dating. And, um, yeah, that seemed really weird. And then, of course, we had, which is my end game, Ethan and Emma. (laughs) I think about that relationship (laughs) Probably more than I should because I just want to know what happened. <laughs> Same. Oh, my God. It is really, truly one of my Roman empires. Like, oh, 100%. I, yeah. I, I, like, okay. Also, I'm 31. So, to for me to care so much about Emma <laughs> Chamberlain is, like, fucking weird. Like, I get that. <laughs> but, like, there's something about her that I just, like, root for her so much. But, um, yeah, I, I would die to to know what happened with them but yeah so she had kind of those prior boyfriends and then prior to that you know she wasn't famous yeah so maybe it was difficult to navigate this maybe there was like some growing pains but in terms of like personalities and like they I they I think they're both homebodies I thought that like their interests with music and stuff like that really aligned and you know they're kind of like indie kids and stuff like that so yeah I'm I'm sad because I just think that they seemed to be like really good together yeah and I just root for them so hard I always root for Emma and I just it seemed like he made her really happy in kind of a way that the people before her that she dated I mean during the time of her and Ethan that was peak sister squad where they were like on the internet, 30 million plus views a video, very much in the YouTube sphere. So a lot of people cared about it that were kind of, I don't know, I feel like her other relationships, there were just so many outside voices chirping into it that with Role Model, it started out really private. And then even when they became public, it's they didn't do enough publicly for people to genuinely like give their two cents. And I thought that was the perfect level of they're both really famous people, but they limit their public exposure enough that that people don't like have them in the conversation that often. Yeah, that's the type of celebrity that you truly want to be where Mm -hmm. you, you know, still get to attend things like the Met Gala and Paris Fashion Week and stuff like that. And, you know, you're at the top of your field and stuff like that, but you're not being like harassed by paparazzi and stuff which she was at one point with the ethan dolan stuff yeah like um i think she moved out of that where she was living in hollywood to like a more private place and stuff like that and it seems you know it seems she has a more balanced celebrity life yeah and again i just think that's why it was so weird because it seemed like the perfect situation you know He wasn't even as famous as her, but he is a musician. He tours. She is away because she goes to all the fashion week stuff. But other than that, I mean, she does her podcast every week, but she stopped really doing YouTube. And admittedly, like her entire career, filming and editing took up a lot of her time. And now she doesn't really film or edit. So it seemed like their schedules were aligned. So I don't know. I just, I was really upset when I first saw that Dumois tip because when I see a Dumois tip start to go viral, I really do start to believe it. And yeah, I know. I hate Paris that. Paris Fashion <laughs> timeline kind of, well, it added up in a way that I saw the Dumois tip and then I was looking on TikTok and I saw Rachel Sennett post a TikTok that Emma Chamberlain was in the background of. 
And I just took that as a sign that I was like, I don't see Emma ever anymore unless she posts herself. So I saw a tip on Jumois and then I went to TikTok and I saw Rachel send a TikTok with Emma in the back and I figured it must be true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I get that. And I feel like also blind items and like these kind of sightings and tips and stuff like that are usually when they are overheard at like a conference, like at an event like this, like someone might've just been like, Oh, how's it going? Like what's new? How's Tucker? And then, and then if you're just walking by and you hear, and you overhear, yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh no, we're not together anymore. Like it's just those like very brief moments that like, I don't know, you might just be privy to. Yeah. Do you see like any potential guys out there that could date Emma next? I think, and this is something that is so ridiculous, but I really do think her and Timothy Chalamet would look amazing together. Oh and- my God. Yes. <laughs> and, she says that Timothy Chalamet is like her ideal, like that is her biggest celebrity crush, like starstruck every time that they're in the same vicinity. But I always think about it and I think they would look amazing together. Yeah, me too. They totally would. He should dump Kylie and I know. Well, that whole thing is a separate. Yeah, another can of worms, one hundred percent. I also think like Jack Harlow. Also, like, where has he been in the past year? I know. Like, like just fell off the face of the earth. But like, I don't think maybe their vibes go together necessarily. But just from that red carpet interview, I thought they had like fun banter (laughs) and chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like maybe him. I don't know. I don't even know how old he is, but who knows. There has been something that has come out of this breakup and it is called the GQ Couples Quiz Curse. So as I mentioned at the top of this story, uh, Emma and Tucker did a couples quiz for GQ magazine among a bunch of celebrity couples that have done this and so many of them have broken up. So Emma and Tucker, Rosalia and Rao, Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott, Sweetie and Quavo, Tiana Taylor and Iman Shumpert, Lindsay Vaughn, and PK Subin, which I want to give credit to a Reddit user at Omelette Du Fromage 14 for providing me with this information. But there are so many celebrities. So, like, I feel like that's a pretty big sample size. Mm-hmm. And then there's more celebrities that have done this that are still together, but maybe could be cursed too. So that's Allison Brie and Dave Franco. Patrick Mahomes and Brittany Mahomes, Brooklyn Beckham and Nicola Pelt, Neil Patrick Harris and David Burka, Megan Fox and MGK, to name a few. Do you think that any of these couples are headed for, like, breakup or divorce? I don't know. I mean, Allison Brie and Dave Franco is another one of those celebrity couples where I think they do the perfect amount of putting themselves in the public eye that, like, no one really gives their two cents and people just like to see them together when they do decide to step out. Mm-hmm. Um, and Patrick and Brittany Mahomes, I just feel like we'll be together for a very long time. The one couple on there too, Megan Fox and MGK, because they've been on the rocks. Yes. I just feel like every three to four months, someone from one of their teams drops the story that they're not doing well. Um, and there was a news cycle maybe a year ago where there was just, so much oversaturation of them in the media that then I was kind of thinking if there's so much good, there's no way it's getting out there without someone leaking it to make it seem like it's better than it is. So I think Megan Fox and MGK and then 
Brooklyn Beckham and Nicola Peltz. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I just know that like the Beckhams don't like her. Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. I think Megan and MGK. Yeah, are you know in a tumultuous relationship. So I could totally see them breaking up. Brooklyn, I feel like, and Nicola should break up. Just yes. <laughs> I feel like their relationship really gives first relationship, which makes sense because of their age. But I'm like. You don't get married to that person. Like, you date them, you learn what you're like in a relationship, what you need and want in a relationship, and then you move on to someone I feel like that you're, like, better better suited for. Like, they just really – it gives, like, first re- big relationship, like, but we got married. Yeah, I have two main thoughts. I just think they're very much Walmart, Justin, and Haley. <laughs> yes, and yeah. when you're – family and this is because the Beckham documentary especially now is has gotten a lot of press when I look back and I think about the beginning and you do research on like the beginning of David and Victoria and you're trying to not necessarily follow that up but like David Beckham and Victoria when they started dating it was crazy in the UK and they served so many looks they did the rounds. They did fashion weeks. They committed to the bit to being the it couple of the UK. And Brooklyn and Nicola just kind of give nothing for me. I know. And it's not that they have to follow up David and Victoria, but it's just kind of boring to me. Yeah, I know. I couldn't agree more. Like, And I feel like the thing that separates them from someone like Emma Chamberlain or even like posh and bex like i feel like they try so hard where emma and david and victoria they just have this effortlessly like cool i don't know they have something unique about them for sure that makes them like special and that comes through in their like work or yeah whatever their yeah looks are on the red carpet and stuff like that whereas i feel like Brooklyn and Nicola are so try hard and it doesn't come off natural to them. So it just no. it doesn't work. Yeah. And then Patrick and Brittany, I don't know. I've heard, I feel like with the Travis Kelsey thing, I've heard so much about them, but they also seem like a, a relationship that like is going to go the distance. So Yeah. I posted a video the other day about um, Brittany and Taylor's friendship. And I've heard a lot of bad stuff about Brittany Mahomes in the media. And so I kind of asked people to explain why people dislike Brittany because I don't really follow football like that. And I don't really, I wouldn't know. And the reasoning was kind of just like, she had sprayed a bottle of champagne in like the freezing cold temperatures in Kansas City on a bunch of fans from the box. And it's just like stuff like that where A lot of the stuff she does behind the scenes is very good for Kansas City and, like, women in sports. Yes. Yeah. So it seems like that stuff isn't getting picked up. But the stuff that does get picked up are, like, spectacles, like, that spraying the champagne and then also hanging out with Jackson and making TikToks with him, who is Patrick's brother, who has had, like, allegations against him and just, like, is not liked Mm -hmm. in general. But at the end of the day, you're not going to – never speak to your brother-in-law again if he's in the box with you you can't not associate yourself with that person because they're related to you yeah so i I think it's kind of it's unfair to her 
Yeah. No, I know. That's tough. And I feel like that's a kind of like an unspoken, like, I don't know how to describe it, but like difficulty for a lot of people that have family members that have done stuff or mm-hmm. like have views that like don't align with yours. Like, I feel like that's really tricky to navigate. And it's just hard for her because it's not even her biological brother. It's her husband's brother. So she has even less of a say of being of trying to tell her husband to not speak to his younger brother. And that's yeah. something that makes it that adds another layer of difficulty. But from what I've heard, it seems, and I personally think it's kind of unfair towards her, but it seems like from comments that I've also received, like she does a lot of good in the community too. Yeah, and it's yeah. just the, the narrative that the media tries to spin her into. And so that's kind of why people were trying to say her relationship with Taylor, like Taylor, stay away from her. Okay, let's move on to Britney Spears. I am so excited, but in a few weeks, I think under two weeks, uh, Britney Spears's memoir drops. Mm-hmm. And we found out that Michelle Williams uh, is going to be narrating it uh, while Britney does the intro to it. What do you think of Michelle Williams being the narrator? I understand why this decision was made. I would have preferred... Brittany to have narrated the entire book but I understand that obviously it's her entire life story and it's based on pretty much a ghostwriter sitting in on her therapist sessions writing down everything and so she never even had to really put pen to paper to kind of frame this story out so going back and having to read it aloud and probably do a ton of takes to make it perfect for an audiobook version I wouldn't never ever in a million years do that after if I were her because of everything she's been through so I totally understand it and I think Michelle Williams is a good person for her to to pick to do it um and I'm glad that she is still reading the intro though to at least kind of give us a taste of what it would have been like had she read the entire thing um but I could talk about Brittany for a really long time yeah I just feel so bad for her I know, I know. And she's like my everything. So yeah, I I get that. I, I agree that like, if that's what she needs personally, especially when I think we kind of sometimes can forget how fresh she is out of like the conservatorship, etc. So it's not like, oh, this is something I've like maybe healed from or separated some of the emotions from like this happened 20 years ago or whatever. Like some of this is still so recent in the like Mm -hmm. grand scheme of things. And um, I'm excited for, yeah, her to do the intro. And we saw this on And Just Like That. I don't know if you watch that show. I follow, yeah. Okay, I don't okay. watch, so, but I, like, kind of follow along on Twitter. Yeah, like, the main storylines. That's fair. Honestly, don't watch it. Like, like, <laughs> like, really bad. If you, like, just get the major plot points, I think that's, like, fair. But um, basically, Carrie releases a new book. It's about Big's death. It's called Loved and Lost in season two. And chapter six or something like that is she's reading – and recording the audio book version and see uh chapter six is the episode about or the chapter about big she can't um do it she keeps messing up uh we see kind of how it's recorded and the producer's like again again like no you messed up this you forgot this it's actually seems pretty complicated Mm -hmm. and so um 
And then Carrie uh, ends up like hiring someone else to read that chapter. I believe that's how it ended up. So I was like, oh, this taking a page out of the end just like that writer's room. But yeah, <laughs> it, it makes total sense that um, someone else would read it for her. Yeah, and I just, I'm excited to kind of see what comes out of this entire, I guess, saga that's about to happen with her book release, because I know she said no to pretty much doing any interview with all of the major public outlets. Um, and I kind of am not sure if it's more of a preservation tactic or realistically, whoever is her team now is kind of saying she's not ready to, to do this and go on and, and speak freely like that. And I just don't know. Cause again, everything that happens with her is so muddy that you just kind of right. have no idea if even now after the conservatorship, is it her decision or is it not her decision? Yeah. I, I don't know. And like, it's hard to know when we'll know what's yeah. the truth and stuff like that. Like it, it you're right. It, it seems unclear um I feel like she's only really mentioned the book like maybe once in a video and once in like an Instagram caption even so like yep. I don't, yeah like you just never know like she didn't pose and for a new picture for the cover like mm -hmm. yeah there's just so many details that she's kind of been seemingly maybe left out of or like is making maybe behind the scenes, but she doesn't want stuff that is like unscripted, maybe like an interview. So yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I'm, I'm just really excited to read it and yeah. Hear what other people have to say. And I don't know, maybe see her response to what other people are writing about after they read it. Yeah. And I kind of am thinking the way it's going to be released and spread in terms of getting hype around it is they're just going to start to release quotes to like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and all of like major publications that will write about these quotes. And that's kind of going to be the only marketing that's surrounding this book if she's not going to do any interviews about it. And then I guess Crossroads is going back in theaters to yeah. kind of add a little bit of awareness to her new project. But it'll be interesting to see what quotes they pull and put in magazines to draw interest for this book because I'm sure there's a lot that they can kind of choose from that could start a lot of fires in the industry community. Yeah. Are you like kind of alluding to Justin Timberlake and like other celebs? Yeah, I a lot about Justin because I want to know about what happened in the relationship, but also stuff they could pull about her family and the conservatorship to really shed some light on what happened, at least from her perspective, behind the scenes there that would cause a lot of public outrage. Um, right. Like the Free Britney movement that happened, like the documentary and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And we'll see. I feel like also it could shed some light on maybe people in other situations that are similar, like Amanda mm -hmm. Bynes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm just, I really can't wait for um, her book to come out. Yeah, I'm really excited was, to read it. Yeah, me too. And like, I think I'm going to do the audiobook version. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm not usually a 
audiobook girly, but I think that that's the that's the right choice for this book. For this, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was also out for dinner with Maluma and Jay Balvin. Um, looked like she had the best time ever mm. and kind of jealous that I wasn't there. <laughs> uh, do you think that they could be like collabing on some new music or do you think that they're just like industry friends and we're having a good night? Um, I hope it's new music because the music we've gotten from her recently, that Will I Am remix that was vocals from 2012. 2011 that's yeah. not a new song and and the tiny dancer remix with elton john where she kind of which i don't know how much she really to me that was probably done maybe in one take and they just sent it over to his team to to mix but i just really want to hear new music from her yeah me and too. Yeah. maybe she's starting a new era because kind of this memoir is going to symbolize that whole chapter being closed so maybe she is teasing kind of a new era of music because she's free now all of the skeletons are going to be out of her closet in like a week or two and so now maybe she can have peace of mind to try and focus on music and anyone who wants to collab with Britney would like anyone would say yes to her so I really hope it symbolizes new music yeah totally for some reason like Mind Your Be, yeah, probably one of the worst songs. But for some reason, whenever I hear it, like, at the mall or I was in an exercise class the other day and it was all, came on, the rest of the day I'm saying Mind Your Be. It is really <laughs> catchy. It's the same thing as Scream and Shout. Like, it's just so catchy. Yeah. But. Uh, it's not new. Music, it's not new, yeah. Yeah. And then another, and just like that tie-in, but Tiny Dancer opened season two. Oh, really? Uh, with like, yeah, sweeping shots of New York and stuff. So maybe the, <laughs> maybe there's some some tie-in with uh, Brittany and, and the AGLT cast. Yeah, I would love new music. I would love – I love when she plays the piano. I don't know. I could see maybe some more, like, stuff from, like, the Brittany Jean kind of era. I don't know. I yeah. Yeah, I would just I whatever she wants to do, I'm, you know, happy to follow suit, but yeah, I mm. would obviously love new music. I just want new content from her and I feel like now that she has no like shackles, she can sing the type of music she's always wanted to sing. Totally. Before she was kind of put into this box of you're going to be a pop star and you're going to perform and you're going to lip sync. Like yes, she has an yeah. amazing voice and she can really totally. sing yeah totally 100 percent. yeah i i know that there was a album that she was really working on i think it was before blackout called i think paper dolls or something like that that she was really like heavily like creating and singing and producing like all of mm -hmm. that but never saw the light of day so yeah i would love i don't know her to revisit some of that stuff or, yeah i don't know just just anything truly now that she has creative control, hopefully, um, I would like to see her kind of venture into doing the music that she never got to do because of the box that she was put in. So yeah. hopefully it's new music. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, let's move on to Pettyweight Champion of the Week. This is the part of the show where our guest is going to nominate a Pettyweight Champion of the Week. Someone in the media who did something petty and it was iconic. Holden, who are you nominating this week? 
I am nominating Jessel Tank from the reboot of The Real Housewives of New York. She is my queen because I have watched this season and I went in with an open mind, even though I was a fan of the original Real Housewives of New York. And it just seemed like the cast to me wasn't gelling and giving in a way that I really wanted. It seemed fresh and fun in the beginning. And then it kind of faded out and became one note. But two of the cast members seemed like they were ganging up on Jessel kind of on purpose because they assumed that she was going to be the member of the cast that was going to be hated most by the audience. So it seemed like they tactically tried to gang up on Jessel to kind of continue that audience narrative that they thought was going to happen of Jessel being this kind of like stuck up brat. But she cleared them all she gave what true real housewives reality tv is supposed to be and the season finale just aired and she is now on the cover of rolling stone which is amazing and to me that is the ultimate version of petty you fighting back on tv but then getting the last laugh with a rolling stone article saying that you were the queen of the season i know no i i could not agree more and the pictures are stunning yeah she looks amazing she looks so good i should like look up the photographer and like whoever did creative direction but like the lighting the um outfits the set it's just it's really beautiful it's so well done and i completely agree i think he would have been very easy for jenna lyons to come out as winner of this season because obviously um her star status and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but i feel like she's been a little cagey like i was watching a clip of her before we started this recording of her on watch what happens live and andy was asking if she was engaged to her girlfriend and she kept being like um we're very happy or like i'm very happy right now she's like uh, well, you're wearing a ring. You showed off a ring. And, yeah. yeah. She bought me this ring that I really wanted. So does that mean you're engaged? <laughs> no, I'm very happy. Like, or like, I'm very happy or whatever. And I think people were just kind of like, can you just say like, yes or just no? Say, yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, that was kind of a problem for me. I know a lot of people love Jenna this season. But for me, that was kind of my problem because I love Real Housewives. And my kind of philosophy is, my favorite Real Housewives of all time have really bled out for this show. And they didn't really ever try to kind of hide. And I think Jenna kind of received a pass from the audience this, this season. And I feel like that's controversial because a lot of people do love her. And I think her work is great in her professional life. But signing a contract to be on reality television means you need to be open about your life. And she was open about the parts of her life that she wanted to share, but not about the parts of her life that were either too current or too deep to get into. So it just seemed one note, very surface level the whole season. And that is kind of why I think that she didn't come out of the season being this shining star that everyone thought she was going to be. And that was just after watching the season finale for me. And then after watching Watch What Happens Live, it just seemed like she really doesn't want to be on reality TV at all. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fair. It's like, then don't. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Then don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Well, I was just going to say, like, there was the clip where Andy was like, well, what was your, like, least favorite moment from the season? Oh, and she responded and just said all of it. <laughs> and he was like, what? And she's like, no, just kidding. And, like, yeah. <laughs> like, and then she was like, no, really, the whole show. She was like, no, actually, it was really hard for me. And I, and I yeah. get it. And I know reality TV is tough, especially for someone who is so well, like, she just has such a good community in the fashion world she's very well known she has a full career and i think that's where it starts to get dicey because you want to stay true to your career but then you don't want to be diminished to just being a reality tv star Mm -hmm. however i just kind of think it would get her a new audience it's not like her her professional career is going to go away after being on reality tv and so i don't know i just didn't love her on watch what happens live and she was on with julia fox who is one of my favorite people of all time who has such a big personality who is so open about everything so I think also like the juxtaposition between those two also I was just like you're really not gonna say anything yeah yeah 100% and I know that also like people probably can't imagine what reality tv truly is until you're in those shoes And you might have the best intentions to be open, but then you're like, oh, this is actually much harder than I thought or whatever. But I don't think she had any intention Mm -hmm. ever of, yeah, being open, which I think is a little bit unfair. I think there's a difference between kind of having that intention and kind of because when you have that intention to be open and honest, I think sometimes the game just gets too quick for you to really backtrack and clam up. Because if you go into a a season of filming reality TV and you're like, I'm going to give it my all and be really open and honest, there's a point where someone's going to catch you in something where it just starts to snowball. And then even if you start to pull back, like it's not going to work. That's why I think Jenna really went in closed off and she only, she strategically opened up in like episodes where she kind of like had to, Mm -hmm. because the other women were like, you're not being open with us. Please Mm -hmm. give us something. But when she wasn't being begged by the other cast members to open up, she wasn't trying to be open about her life. Totally. Um, Yeah. And just to loop back to Jessel, I think (laughs) um, a lot of people, like, I feel like I've seen this on Summer House and Big Brother and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. as soon as the contestants try to or contestants or um, cast members or whatever, try to produce themselves. And like you were saying about Jessel, like um, make something happen when they think the audience is inclined to feel a certain way. I feel like that is just like a nail in the coffin. I've just seen it go so poorly so many times that like if you ever think that that is an option for you, like you just shouldn't. Yeah, and that's why it's hard because I think that kind of defeats the purpose because you don't need to overproduce yourself to try and win a season. And that's why I don't understand it because these women are coming into Real Housewives 20 years after it started. And you yeah. there's a textbook to go back and do your homework. And if you really want to be a quote-unquote good housewife, there's so much material for you to learn from. And like they talk about it time and time again, like, you can be a villain in a show and people will like you, but you need to be a villain in a way that isn't super 
targeted. You can yeah. stir things up behind the scenes. You can kind of come at people when you want to, but then when you start directing your attacks at the same person over and over again, it is just a losing strategy. And you see it in every franchise, in every season. Yes, like, yeah. So that's why I don't understand why Sai specifically just wouldn't let up on Jessel because I think that's kind of when you know it's going to flip. And that was even before, like, Jessel was making iconic comments throughout the season. But what made people like her even more and the reason she won the season is because she they tried to make her the biggest villain and they failed because she wasn't really doing anything wrong. And that's what the audience thought. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think another franchise that often tries to do this is Selling Sunset. Yes. And it just comes off as so transparent about Mm -hmm. what they're trying to do. So, yeah, I I think the best advice, also like what you said before about like how can you watch 20 or like how can you have 20 years of material to watch and still fuck it up like <laughs> that kills me as a reality tv fan like yep. it just kills me but yeah i i think selling sun does selling sunset does that too and i think it's just very obvious and oftentimes like backfires so yes yeah if anybody who's listening is going on <laughs> reality tv anytime soon like just be yourself and like i feel like don't try to like storylines and stuff yeah and that is kind of the biggest thing where the people who do the best coming onto reality tv are the people that are authentic and honest and they are able to kind of push storylines without being either like too abrasive or just too overproduced 100 percent. yeah couldn't agree more like that's where the magic happens with Mm -hmm casts like you know jersey shore and stuff like that oh my god 100 percent. yeah and like that i feel like why i reference so much old tv is because in this new day and age we have again so much to look back on that it's hard to come in with your eyes kind of um like like with a open mind i guess but um and not kind of go back to that but like that's why there's so much gold in stuff like jersey shore is because yeah, they weren't ever trying to like be something or plot something or whatever. They yeah, were just it was just them doing their thing. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite shows of all time. Like reality shows, it is so good. <laughs> it's it's so good. It it's yeah, it's lightning in a bottle for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, finally, it's time for this week in Petty, where our guest is going to share a story about something that happened in their real life that they are petty about. What are you petty about this week? So I want to preface this by saying this is controversial, but I don't mean it to be a bad thing. I have been seeing a lot of content about the Eras Tour movie, and I went and saw it yesterday or last Sunday. And I was kind of trying to figure out what the vibe would be in the theater before I went because my friends and I had gone out the night before. And so we were hungover and seeing videos on TikTok of people jumping and screaming and singing is an amazing atmosphere. That was not my vibe. And that was not any of my friends' (laughs) vibes that day. Um, (laughs) I can respect it. And I love the community of people that Taylor Swift has brought together with her music. However, it's just one of those things where you never know what you're going to get. And so I was thankful that we were in a theater with people kind of 
like-minded and we were still able to sit and sing, but there was no flashlights or standing and blocking anyone's view. There was maybe one or two times where people stood up, but they were very, very mindful of the people behind. So they would sit down. But it's just one of those things where I wasn't sure what I was going to get because we had all kind of made a pact before we went into the theater and said, if it's one of the really loud, jumping, singing, screaming sessions, we probably would have left mostly because we were hungover and it was just not our vibe <laughs> at the time. Like I can appreciate that, just not in that moment. Um, yeah. yeah. It would have been great to, and I, this is obviously hindsight being 2020, knowing a way to kind of figure out what atmosphere you're about to walk into, but that's definitely not something that AMC was even planning on, but it would have been nice to kind of say, I want this atmosphere, so I'll book this ticket over like maybe a more quiet, like seated showing. Yeah, I completely agree, which I do think is kind of like a controversial take because I'm of the, like, mind that it's, like, if you love something and you're excited about something, like, I want to see that. Mm -hmm. I feel like the things that we like get ridiculed so much for, like, you know, being a fangirl or being a Swifty or, like, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. So I'm, like, okay, like, the call's coming from inside the house. Like, why would you ridicule <laughs> people that are doing, yeah. like, things that you do? But I completely agree that it, so it's like, I love that for you if you want to do that. But if you don't want to do that, like it would have been, you're so right. So great if there was like a, like, yeah, seated, no phones, no like singing, minimal talking, yeah, like, viewing. And then like a, you can go buck wild. Because when I went last week and I talked about this a little bit on my last episode, but I went with a friend. I've been to the concert. She hadn't. So mm -hmm. I'm like, if I miss something because a, a girl is running past me to get down to the like mosh pit that they made in front of the screen, <laughs> I don't care. I've seen it, but I'm like, she it, yeah. hasn't. Like, I feel bad if like her um, viewing is like interrupted. But I I think that mine was pretty chill. Um and I didn't mind the people that were standing and dancing at the bottom, but like some of the flashlight stuff or some of the like, like they would like sprint down for like, shake it off. And then when it was like tolerated, they would like run back up and sit in their chairs. And I was like, oh my God, like either like stay down there or like stay in your seats. Um, but I will say I have not seen a movie. So I saw Barbie Okay. And then this. And then prior to that, I hadn't seen a movie since 2019 in mm -hmm. theaters. And as a person that, like, gets actual anxiety about not being able to look at my phone, not being able to talk or, like, move or make noise or, like, anything like that, which I know... Like, I'll work on that. Like, I know it's not, like, that's not a good thing to have. But, like, <laughs> as a person that, like, really has anxiety, like, for putting your phone on, like, D&D &D and stuff like that, man, it felt so good to, like, be able to be, like, like, whisper to my friend or, like, check my phone every once in a while. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Like, the pressure was just off. Was like, off, yeah. Yeah. So, maybe they should do that also for screenings where they have, like, a oh phones okay <laughs> like phones not okay like silent uh movie theater um i would like that but yeah it's one of those things 
where it just depends on what you want out of your experience. Because relating to what you said earlier, I so I had been to the concert and then one of my other friends had been and then two of our friends that we went to went with hadn't been. So again, it was one of those similar things where they had hadn't experienced it and we had so I wouldn't have cared if people were kind of like running back and forth or I, I definitely would have cared about flashlights being on because I just think having flashlights on in a movie theater like isn't like respectful to like, the other it's people. insane unless, <laughs> unless it's your entire theater is like obsessed with it and loving it that's different but I just feel strongly about not having flashlights on in a movie screening and it was hard because we didn't know what we were walking into and it wouldn't have mattered as much if like I wanted to leave or my friend wanted to leave, but the two people who hadn't, you know, we all paid tickets. We all paid money to get tickets to see this concert and two of them hadn't seen it at all. And it was a great experience for them to watch. So I think it would have definitely impacted them more had it been a different environment when we had to leave. Yeah, 100%. And Kirsten, my friend and I, and I don't think I mentioned this before, but we were sitting next to like an older couple okay. and the, <laughs> the man was like sitting next to Kirsten and she, I, we were like leaving the theater and she was like, that man like wanted to die. <laughs> like She was like, she was like, he clearly didn't get the memo, like didn't watch the TikToks about like everybody going crazy. Cause like, she's like him and his wife, like just looked um, like they hated every minute of that. So I was like, I feel so bad. And then I was like, oh yeah, that like makes sense. Cause it's like, I just assumed that everyone had seen everything. Had seen like, everything. Yeah. It's on TikTok yeah. and stuff. It's like, no, that's not the case. Like most of the people that were there were either like too young for TikTok, like 10 and under yeah. or like a lot of them were like, I saw a lot of like older couples going. So like maybe like 50s plus so I was like I don't know (laughs) like so bad but yeah oh my gosh but but then uh, yeah on the flip side I'm like but some of it is like so earnest and cute and like wholesome so I just like I don't know I I just I can't I'm uh, sitting on the fence for this one but I completely agree we like debrief this on the car ride home for like 20 (laughs) minutes of like the pros and cons for for it being like this um this wild um I wanted to ask you though because obviously we live in different countries even but um did you get an announcement before your viewing that said like you're allowed to move and stuff like that no did you Yes. Okay. Oh, that's, that's so, so interesting. Yeah. One of the workers from the uh, movie theater uh, was like, hey, before we like press play on the movie, <laughs> just a heads up, you can use your cell phones to take videos of yourself, take pictures of yourself. You can move around. You can like dance and sing. It. This is different from normal movies, but like just be safe and don't record the actual movie and like don't um impede on other people's like experience that's so weird that they sent it because we didn't get any kind of announcement or anything and it was clear that everyone in that theater yes or everyone in that theater wanted was seeing taylor swift 
everyone was dressed up. There were a million different showings at the AMC that I went to. And it, honestly, they could have brought everyone into the auditorium area and just said, this is the vibe for this. I just kind of assumed similar to you that everyone had seen the videos and it was just going to be a hit or miss depending on what, what number of theater we were in at that time. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think I've been debating this, but because it like it ends up being like thirty dollars a ticket. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I kind of want to see it one more time, but go to like a Wednesday like early show and just hope that no one's there and just watch it by myself. That would be everything. And I do want to ask you this because we talked about it for maybe fifteen twenty minutes after we finished watching the movie, but my friends who hadn't seen it asked how similar it was to my personal viewing experience when I went and saw it in person. And my biggest thing was I had sat on the floor, so I didn't get to see the graphics on the stage. Me too, yeah. So that was kind of the coolest thing, I guess, that I got from the movie, because I have seen all the clips from every angle on TikTok. <laughs> but to see... <laughs> <laughs> but to see the whole show with those screens and kind of what it looks like throughout the entire show was really cool for me to experience. So how is your experience different in the concert versus seeing the movie? Yeah, mine was similar. We were by the band on the left side, if you're looking at the um, back of the stage. And okay. so we didn't get to see... Um, basically any of the front screen and when she was in the folklore house we could only see off of like our screen and like kind of the side view and the side body. yeah yeah so i loved it because um i just saw so much more mm -hmm. um and then i think the other thing was just we were in the 300s which was like so there is the floor, the lower bowl, an upper bowl, and then like an upper, upper bowl. And we uh -huh. were in the upper bowl. So I also just felt like you could just see way more, like her facial expressions better. Yeah. Her dance. I, I didn't, I didn't notice a lot of the great dancing and even the costumes. I think I was so wrapped up in her performance mm -hmm. that um, it was so nice to see, like, I loved some of the costuming and I loved a lot of the dances and the intricacies of the dances that I just didn't notice before. So, yeah. um, I actually really recommend it. I doubt that anyone that went to the concert is not going to go to the, <laughs> it's not going to go to the, yeah. Yeah. Like, could you imagine? But, um, yeah. So obviously I recommend going and the other piece, like the vibes at the concert are like irreplaceable like oh, you can't next yeah level. yeah like you cannot recreate that um but so I think like that was different but like it was um it was still really good I yeah I I loved it I I thought it was really well done yeah it was just it's one of those things where it gives it a new life where you can pick up on details that you didn't see when you went to see it in person. And obviously it gives everyone a chance to see it if they didn't get to see it in person. But you get to pick up extra details, like the details on the costuming that you don't get to yeah. see, obviously, because so many people are so far away. And you're no one's that close to her, really. Because she's, no. all, over, she's all over that stage. She's in different areas. You don't get to pick up details like you do when you see it super, super close. And that is something that I appreciated in the movie 
that I didn't get to appreciate as much in person because I was just focusing on her and her vocals and just seeing it and experiencing being in a room with like 80,000 Swifties, you know? Yeah, totally. Like even in the midnight rain when she's wearing that like fur coat, I thought that the silver part of it, um, the first jacket that she wears, that's like, um, I think purple fur or whatever. Oh, yeah. I thought that it was like kind of like a tinsely material, but it's like literally strings of diamonds. Yeah. That <laughs> I just would have never no noticed, one, obviously. Yeah. yeah, because you're just so close. And um, yeah, uh, my sisters went um, another night that I did and they hadn't been to the concert and they were just like, yeah, just her showmanship and all of the details and all of the like points she had are just like it's just really, really well done. So yeah, I I loved it. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I had the best time. <laughs> Me too. This was really fun. So can you tell the listeners where they can find you and anything else you want to plug? Yeah, so my TikTok is HoldenSmith962, and I just post about pop culture. So if you're interested in hearing about what celebrities are doing, what the new news is, I post about like five to ten videos a day. So you'll never be bored. And my Instagram is at underscore HoldenSmith if you want to follow me there. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Holden for joining me on today's episode. This is your weekly reminder that it is RTBP's fifth year anniversary coming up on Halloween. And every year I put together a clip show of funny moments, guests, bits, stories from the past year. So Halloween 2022 to present day. So if there is a funny moment that sticks out in your head or a funny story or anything like that, send me a DM on Instagram or however we communicate at RTBP Podcast and I will obviously introduce a clip, we'll reminisce, we'll laugh, we'll cry and it's just a really feel-good episode of celebrating all of the fun chit-chats we've had at RTBP over the last year. And over on Patreon, I would like to shout out our two patrons this week, Diana and Heather S. Thank you so much for supporting my work over on Patreon. I appreciate it so much and thank you for being awesome petty betties. This week's episode highlights the Willis siblings and my guest is Shannon from Fluently Forward. So it was super fun to dive into Bruce Willis and Demi Moore's kids. And then next week, I've got Cam from What I Will Say and Kirsten from Mess Magnet joining me to rank fandom names. So from the Mahomies to the Swifties to the Barbs, we're getting all into fandom names. You can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at RTBP Podcast for more day-to-day content. I hope you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.